0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today, I am going to interview Nia. Hi, Hi. Nia. Hi. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you today?
1: I'm okay. I'm good.
0: Okay. Are you ready to discuss our topic of today? Yes. Our topic of today is betrayal. Betrayal. Now, this can be a very difficult subject to talk about because betrayal is something that brings a lot of pain, sorrow, and sometimes even confusion, okay? I mean, betrayal is self-explanatory, is anytime someone betrays your trust, someone that you believe would be truthful to you, someone that would be honest, but for whatever reason, they chose to hide something, something that would cross you, something that would hurt you and put you in a compromising situation. So today's subject, betrayal. So Nia, before we get into the subject, just give us a little background about you in terms of your um, hobbies, your interests, and uh, why is this subject really important to you at this point in your life right now?
1: Um... I do have a small business that I run Um, I know that betrayal is deeper than friendships it's also relationships that's either intimate or relationships such as business relationships Um, in the business world trust is the foundation to a lot of these relationships and whenever you as a person or you as a businesswoman feel like your trust is being taken advantage of or that you're betrayed that can affect the way you do business that can affect the way you look at others it's um it's like how do you say this like trust is the foundation of everything so once you get betrayed it's like everything is altered
0: Okay, so very important what you just said because uh, trust is about, you know, betrayal. Because um, betrayal is someone violating your trust. And as you just stated, you know, uh, a person can violate your trust in any relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship, or a family relationship, or a co worker. Any relationship, it doesn't matter the nature of the relationship, anybody can still betray you. All right, so have you ever experienced betrayal in one of your friendships?
1: In friendships, I want to say in a relationship, intimate and in business. Yes, I have. Which one would you like to talk about first?
0: Okay, we can definitely discuss the regular friendship first, and then
1: we can progress
0: to the intimate relationship.
1: Okay, so um, there's been several friendships I've been involved in. You know, every friendship starts off going good. The person shows they're there for you, or it might be little things as in consideration for you. Um, The hype energy, I like to say, when someone's matching energy with you, they show that they're very excited to see you. Hey, girl, how are you? What you doing? Hey, babes. Hey, loves. A lot of different things are just like, oh, I feel appreciated. I feel understood until you don't feel appreciated, until you don't feel understood. That's how normally those betrayals start. Okay, so before we proceed, what
0: is the definition of betrayal for you? Because we have to be pacific because I gave the initial definition is Whenever you feel that someone is dishonest with you, someone cross you, someone deliberately tries to deceive you or manipulate you, you feel betrayed because that person has violated your trust. So for you, I mean, is that definition more accurate in describing what you've experienced or do you have a different perspective of that word
1: betrayal? I think that definition is exactly how I feel. And to go more in depth, I think that it's the deception part, as young people like to say, hit a little different because it's one thing to know that you're a bad person. That's okay with me. It's one thing to say, oh, never mind. I don't want to be your friend. To me, that's not betrayal. I think betrayal is when... You say, you get this image into this person's mind that you're going to do one thing and you do the completely opposite and you do it in such a drastic way where it's like, oh, this is beyond me. This is something I didn't expect. This is, this is, that would be the definition of betrayal to me. When you, it's, it's such a drastic, like such a drastic way to displease somebody, I guess. i not really sure how to say that.
0: Okay, so when you say displease, if a person is doing something to displease
1: you, would you consider that to be a betrayal? Like I said, I think it's a deception part of it. So it's like, like I said in the beginning, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to not want to do certain things. But if you're leading a person on to do one thing or say you want to do one thing with someone and then like they... It's such a drastic way. I think it's the way that you go about everything.
0: So So. are you saying that betrayal is when a person has the intention of doing something that is opposite of what they're saying or they're projecting themselves to be one way and then in actuality they're the total opposite? Yeah, like a
1: facade, you know what I mean?
0: Okay. So betrayal is more of an act, an action, a behavior it's not necessarily a state of mind. So when we say betrayal, it's more of a verb. It's like somebody did something to cross you. Somebody intentionally did something to violate the trust that you put in them. So do you have an example that you can share with us very briefly? It doesn't have to be anything personal, but just something that you've experienced that you consider to be a big betrayal.
1: I think everything that I might say is personal. I am an Aries, and I know that we tend to be spot on when we're talking about our personal experiences. So for the sake of this interview, I'll use a more general example. Okay. Um, if, for example, you and I were friends, and you, let's say, you... Really, really felt like we had a bond. And there was a sense of trust. And there was communication. And we're just friends. Nothing intimate. Nothing business. So a platonic friendship. Correct. We're friends. And let's say, you tell me you don't like when I do something. I'm going to say the levels of what I think leads to betrayal. Mm -hmm. And then I go do that. That's something that you don't like let's say it's talk to someone that you really really like that can get more complicated but let's say for example it was talking to someone you really like and I go and do that Would I consider that betrayal if it was just as simple as that no I think that that would be something that displeased me that's something I don't like but that wouldn't be what I consider betrayal just yet I think betrayal will come in with the details as in why do you want me to not talk to this person? Or if I tell you this is what this person did, they hurt me, and you act like you understood, or vice versa, I acted like I understood, and I was there for you, and I was there for your healing, and then I go talk to that person, that's more leaning towards the I feel betrayed, because it's like you've invested so much time and energy with me, And there was a trust and there was a bond. And the betray comes in with the details because it's like now that we built this trust, this bond, you're not respecting it because your actions are different from your words. Okay,
0: so in that case, you have to be specific. Okay, on one aspect of this situation that you consider to be a betrayal. Is it the fact that the person pretends that they understood you and provided you with support, knowingly, knowing that they're going to do something that's going to compromise, you know, their relationship with you? Is that what you're saying?
1: What I'm saying is, like I was saying in the beginning, there's levels to what I consider betrayal. So at first, it wasn't a betrayal, it was a displease. I think the betrayal comes, as I said earlier, when you have... Someone doing something, I think it was both actions. So it was the part that, and it could be one or the other, it just really depends on the situation. It's the fact that they're talking to you and they're investing that time, energy, and doing something that you're not okay with. The action of them going to talk to that person might be the betrayal, it all depends for someone, or it might be the betrayal, might just be that. You felt like, but I think once again, it's hand in hand that you felt like they were taking your words into consideration and that trust and that bond was there.
0: Okay, so in other words, if that person was behaving as if they were loyal to you, that they were on your side and they were going to defend your interests or they were going to be protective of you as their platonic friend, and then they turn around and did the opposite. So that would be the betrayal because, they, because they're because they doing something that's going to compromise their friendship with you.
1: Correct. And as I said <coughs> earlier, the details does depend because no situation in friendships and relationships. Betrayal is no longer black and white. It's the details. So I said at first, if I didn't tell the person any details, I just said, I don't want you to talk to them. It would displease me but I didn't consider that betrayal. But had I told them the details, and it was reasonable details, because sometimes your reason could just be because I don't like that person, but if I had told you the details and explained to you and it was reasonable and then you still did that, that is something I would consider betrayal. And it depends on how long other supporting details, but I do feel like that in a sense is a level of betrayal. After I've explained to you, if you don't explain something to someone, they can still have, oh, well you told me not to talk to that person, but. I don't have to listen to you. Not everything you do, like I said, that's why you this. displeased. Not everything you do, you have to listen to that person just to show that you're loyal to them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you betrayed them just because you did something maybe they didn't want you to do. It's all within context.
0: And that's the reason why I'm <clears throat> asking you right now so we could, you know, have clarity. Because a lot of people are confused about... <clears throat> What is betrayal they really don't quite understand you know what betrayal is and some people because they're brought up in an atmosphere or an environment where people really don't have any loyalty to each other people don't owe each other anything in terms of respect in terms of consideration in terms in terms of being thoughtful so when you're speaking to someone who have no sense of loyalty who have no sense of commitment to you or to the friendship, it's kind of difficult to expect them not to betray you. So I think it's very important for us to understand the nature of our friendship, the nature of our relationship, and to who we're dealing with. Because if you're dealing with someone who's very naive, someone who's very immature, someone who's very ignorant about life and about relationships, It's kind of uh, sort of like uh, you're setting yourself up for disappointment or you're setting yourself for betrayal because you're dealing with someone who's unaware of the act of betrayal or have a a greater understanding or they don't have the maturity to really process what betrayal is. I mean,
1: am I getting my point across? Do you understand what I'm saying? I feel like I do understand what you're saying, but just because a person does a quote unquote Understand the action of betrayal doesn't mean it was not a betrayal. Absolutely. Like I feel like in the greater scheme of things, that a lot of people actually do know what they're doing. They just think, oh, they'll get over it, or they don't take it as serious as you, as you relate to them. Like this, this something serious to me. Mm -hmm. Some people simply just don't care. So I, I think that a lot of times we say that oh they don't know because of their situation where they was raised, their own traumas and you know complications but in reality they, they do know and they just didn't care not yes. enough to not do whatever it was i think that common sense will tell you even if you have what's that word again if you have a conscious so you just know certain things aren't right and if you don't have a conscious which is not everybody because at some point you're going to be like maybe you're questioning yourself but if you don't then you don't it's still betrayal And there's still no excuse for it. But most of the times I feel like people do know they just don't care.
0: Okay. I mean, what you just said made a lot of sense. Now, what I was saying is that not that I'm saying excuse their behavior, excuse their betrayal. I wasn't uh, referring to that. I was just saying that sometimes we are setting ourselves up because we're expecting people to be loyal to us. We're expecting people to be honest. We're expecting people, you know, just to have some integrity, but because of their background and how they were raised and what they know, you know, that is not necessarily a priority for them. So all I'm saying is that we really have to think about who who we're dealing with, who we involve with before we have a certain level of expectation for them being loyal. Now, I'm not excusing their betrayal. I'm not saying it's okay for them to be betraying you. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying that in order for us to protect ourselves from betrayal, we have to be more cognizant, be aware of who we're dealing with. Okay? We really have to be aware of what we're dealing with because if we're not, then we're kind of setting ourselves up. Do you understand uh, where I'm coming from with that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right now, how do you deal with betrayal? That's the question. Once you have gone through a situation like that, you know, you have someone that you care about, whether it be a friendship or whether it be an intimate relationship or a family member or a coworker, how do you think that it would be more appropriate, you know, or more positive? to deal with that? Or could there be a positive way to deal with betrayal? Because it's such a painful thing. Like you said, we got to put it in the proper context. It all depends on the type of relationship you have and the degree of bonding and connection and how long you've been friends and your expectations. So how do
1: you deal with that? I think there's no definite solution. There's no formula to how to do with betrayal. I think you literally have to test everything out and see what works best for you in a positive way. Because a lot of times people say exercise. That's the first thing everyone says. Exercise, exercise, exercise. Read a book. Keep busy. Keep yourself distracted. Or some people suggest the complete opposite. Stay in bed for a little sleep laid down. Everyone has their own method. Everyone has their own little formula that they come up with. Maybe it needs to be a mixture of both. I feel that with betrayal, the level of betrayal, who it was, whether it was intimate or friendship, really does contribute to how you deal with it. But I do know that it hurts and if anything is a definite formula for everyone when dealing with betrayal is that it takes time. That's one thing that
0: I've noticed it takes time. Okay. Now with betrayal, it's very important that we understand that um, you, you know, you have to give yourself time to heal. Because if someone betray you, it is it's let's compare it to someone stabbing you in the heart, <clears throat> or someone actually slapping you, or someone causing you physical harm if someone is causing you physical harm physically you're going to feel that pain and you're going to uh, have to allow yourself time for your body to heal if you got a physical injury you would give yourself time to heal you know so it's the same thing with the emotional pain Because once you are betrayed, it depends on the individual and it depends on the level of hurt and the level of discomfort that is being caused by the betrayal. It could be a mild betrayal where a person is not taking it that seriously. Okay. Like for example, someone can lie on you and you feel that's a sense of betrayal because you didn't expect them, you know, to be dishonest and ruin your reputation or cause you some type of harm. So that could be on a mild level where you can just eventually get over it. It's like, okay, this person betrayed me, they lied on me, and I could forgive them for that and let it go, but let's go a little bit deeper. Now, if you are someone who's involved in intimate relationship and your partner cheats on you, now, that is a more deeper you know betrayal in the sense well
1: in that Mm -hmm. sense i feel like a lot of people automatically assume relationship and girlfriend breaks up are painful but i feel like in my case in my personal experiences friendship breakups are just as painful even more painful so just because you guys are intimate does not mean anything in my own experiences in my perspective because any type of breakup is painful but i feel like i especially have more time healing and hurting from friendship breakups than real intimate breakups.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad you brought up that point. All I was saying was that it depends on the individual's perspective because what someone can see as a mild betrayal, someone else can see it as a severe
1: betrayal. Okay, Right. it all depends on what's important to you in the person's Exactly. Goal and their values and what really matters to them. Exactly. I know I've told some of my calmest friends about a situation I told some of my calmest friends about a situation and they they were like I would have fought. I would have thrown hands. I would have gotten upset and these are coming from the most calmest people I know never into drama, never into violence. So whatever I told them was very serious that I seen it as a betrayal. But they seen it as a no, this is definitely never talking to this person, never again, never on any type of platform, social media, in real life, not in real life, this is a big no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it
0: depends on the individual, their perspective. It depends on what's going on. You know? It depends on what's going on with the individual. It depends on what's their priority. It depends on the individual's emotional state, their mental state. It depends on, you know, the level of hurt, okay? So everybody's going to respond to betrayal in a different way everybody is going to respond to it in a different way. I mean, there's no classic way for anybody to respond. You know, like someone can can get hurt or be traumatized, you know, and they can get over it in a week. And somebody else, it may take two or three years. It all depends on the individual. So what do you have to say about
1: that? Well, I know that Time, I don't know. Well, time, let me really think about my
0: response. Okay, no problem. You have time. You can think about it. It's just that, you know, I mean, betrayal is a very subjective thing. You know, everybody's going to take it in a different way. Even though, generally speaking, we do have most people are going to be hurt by it. Most people may even get traumatized by it. Most people will be angry. You know, some people will become violent and aggressive.
1: Well, I feel like there is no definite time because in my personal experience is it took me a week to stop crying about something. But everyone relapsed. It take you two years, you never cry about it. One day you cry about it. It's never a set time that you get over something because you can forget. Some people say out of sight, out of mind. But I feel like that method does work. But I feel like it's certain things you're going to take a little bit longer to actually heal from. And when you get triggered or when a memory, a certain sense, it literally... A certain scent will remind you of someone. A certain song, a certain lyric can trigger a memory and ruin your whole day. Just you think about it, you get emotional again. Like, how can that person do, do that to me? Certain movies, certain names, literally just...
0: So you're saying you, get, you, you could be triggered?
1: I'm saying that you cannot be healed from something, but you can also not be showing that. I'm saying that those feelings, those emotions can be dormant. So it can appear to someone that it took you a week to get over it, but in actuality, it probably didn't even hit you yet. That emotion, what really happened didn't hit you yet. I think that within myself and my close friends that we realized we're really non-responsive to certain situations only because it took us a while to even process what really happened to us. So it would appear to be that we're a thug or we're fine, we're not really crying about it. We're not really upset by it. But then a month to go by and it really hits you, really, really sinks in, and you become an emotional wreck. Or that's when you start to express all these feelings and emotions, and you have them and you don't know why. And it's because either you never dealt with them or you're just now realizing what happened. So, like I said, a lot of feelings can be dormant. It's really no set time for healing or for realizing what's going on. It's just. Literally all you can say it takes time and there's no how much time it's not a method to it. It's really all unique to the person.
0: Absolutely, I agree with you. And you said something that's so essential that initially a person may process the betrayal in a different way. Like you said, you know, sometimes you know they may not realize what's happening because it's such a shocking thing that's happening. It's like they hear the person, what they're saying, or they see the person, but they're not processing it in real time. It's like there's a delayed reaction that, you know, they call that the shocking stage. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Or this is not happening. This is not real. You know, it, it, it takes a minute for your brain to actually process the betrayal. It's like, because initially you you can't believe this is happening. It all depends on what it is, of course. Like I said, I'll take the example of the cheating mate. You know, uh, uh, you, you can literally walk in and see your mate cheating with somebody. And initially, you could totally detach from that experience emotionally. You can see it, but you don't see it. You see? And then the opposite can happen. Like you said, some people, you know, see it and they immediately respond to it. And they can respond in a violent way or they can respond in a detached way, like a laughing thing. You know, it's, it all depends on the person's state of mind at that time. So the betrayal is very emotional. It's very sensitive. At the same time, you know, some people can be quite logical with it. You know, they can rationalize it. They can reason it. And maybe they can deal with it in that way. Okay? So um, another issue that you just touched on, which is so important, is the trigger. Is that sometimes people do go to the grieving process, you know, because that betrayal does translate to a loss. It could be a loss of trust, a loss of the actual friendship itself or the relationship, or it could be a loss of you know, just the hope that you had or the expectation that you had that this person was going to be loyal to you in some way. So initially some people, you know, they're going to respond differently to that betrayal. And um, initially they may actually go through the whole process and seem as if they're over it and that they actually heal from it. Maybe, you know, it may take a month, maybe it may take a week, maybe it may take a year and all of a sudden, okay, something happens because I want to get to the point where the trigger comes in, you know, just when they think that it's over, that, you know, they already dealt with that and they put it in the past and something happens and they get triggered or they get re-triggered and they go to the same emotional reaction or response that they went to initially when they found out they were betrayed. Mm -hmm. Go ahead okay no problem very important so uh, how is it uh, you think the betrayal that you experienced impacted your life
1: I think that sadly the betrayal that I've experienced took a negative turn I feel like there was a loss in self confidence self love I suppose I feel like self sanity As in, like, I just feel like sometimes a lot of us feel like, why is it me? They personalize a lot of this betrayal. What did I do wrong? Me, 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 me. When in the case, it's not really you. Or sometimes it is you. Because sometimes people who do the wrong like to play victim. Why do I keep hurting people? This is not. I feel like we assign responsibility to the wrong people. And... Those people are taking on the wrong roles. What do I mean by that? If I'm a person that automatically blames me whenever something goes wrong, I'm taking the responsibility of the person who hurt me, the person who was doing the hurting, and the person who's doing the hurting is taking the responsibility of, oh, that just happens or oh whatever. And do you see what I'm saying? The, yeah. the roles are reversed. Mm-hmm. So instead of them taking responsibility, I hurt this person. They're saying, oh no, certain stuff happened, that's just life. When I should be the one saying, sometimes that just happens, it's life. And the person should be like, I hurt this person. I need to work on myself. I need to get better in whatever way. Like, I need to be more than just sorry. I need to be genuine and show it with my actions and my words.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is that sometimes when people get betrayal, they self-blame, you know, instead of them putting that responsibility on the person who betrayed them, they're saying, What did I do to make this come about? Is that what you're saying? And
1: that's exactly what I'm saying. sometimes the hurt and the pain is like we didn't lose anything. They lost someone good. So if you go through a betrayal with the friendship, sometimes we're like, I'm so hurt, like how can she do this to me? when opposite we're supposed to be on blessed, I just lost a person who had no no real interest in me no real loyalty to me like we should be the ones not crying and they should be the one like i just lost a really good friend
0: absolutely that's a very powerful point i think that Mm -hmm.
1: i know at first it's a little confusing when you first hear it what do you mean the roles are reversed but i mean when you really stop and listen to what i'm saying or if you experience it you can apply it to yourself that the roles are reversed and we're taking responsibility for the wrong role and that's how we paint this picture in our head and it drives us crazy that we're always in the wrong or it's always me, me 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 we're the problem but if you stop and you rearrange the picture and you see it from a different angle a different point of view you'll realize like I need to be more like them and they need to be more like me in the sense of how they don't care or in the sense of a lot of times when you vent to people, they say they're not worried about you, so you need to stop worrying about them. And the sense where it's like, they did what they did, and they're not regretting it, they're not overthinking it, they're not letting it keep them up at night, so watch with you. You need to have more of that mindset, like, I'm not going to let this keep me up at night. from getting sleep, sometimes not eating, like, I'm not going to let it have that effect on me. So why do you think that
0: bothered you? Why did you allow that? Because that is something that you have to do some sort soul searching to find out, is that why did you allow that to impact you in that way? Why was that so important to you that you felt like it was so devastating for that person to do this to you?
1: I think as human beings, everyone does that. Everyone, there is an emotional connection to one another just as human beings. So I don't even think it's that necessarily deep as in soul searching. I feel like for you to get better, you have to do some self-reflecting, but soul searching, I don't think it's that deep within just me. I think this is a basic universal thing that everyone goes through, that we tend, if you're a giver, you tend to be very connected to the people you give out to. You tend to be very nurturing and loving towards the people you give out to. And for them to decline you or deny you i should say you're like okay but then for them to stab and come back and stab you i feel like automatically you're like why i've given you everything i have why is why is this and automatically that affects you because it's like you give 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 and now you're dealing with this pain and no one's here to deal with the pain with you okay i'm gonna
0: reiterate the question another way I hear what you're saying and I absolutely agree with you, but I was trying to ask you a different question, meaning that why was that so important to you? Because again, like I gave an example earlier, someone lying on you can have one implication and then someone cheating on you. I mean I know that may seem to be a little far-fetched. It's like wait a minute, you know, you can't compare somebody lying on you and somebody cheating. I'm not trying to compare it. What I'm saying is that why do we give more value to one situation and we give less value to the other? I mean is is it a matter of perception? Is it you yes, know what I mean as I said before, yeah.
1: yes it is. It depends on the person, depends on their values. Some things are really going to hurt a person. Other things are not going to hurt a person. It really just depends on your value. That's something I can't tell you that is unique to the individual on why it hurts so much and why it lets them bother them so bad. Because the way I was raised, the way my values are, are completely different from yours, are completely different from other people. So what hurts me might not hurt anybody else in that way. And like I said, what I think will be a displease. I can tell some of my calmest friends, someone who's real laid back, they were very upset at the situation I've explained to them on a topic of betrayal. And it's just like their val vow- that lets you know that their values are very, very unique and similar to mine, but they they value that. They value the sense of friendship. They value the sense of trust and that trust bond more than anything because they were willing to become violent or instantly the, those emotions that I talked about that were dormant, mm-hmm. that's probably a trigger for them. They were they automatically said I'm willing to fight because this was very upsetting to me. So once again, it's it's like we're, we're, it's not, what I'm saying is just because you aren't healed doesn't mean that you can't move on. And just because you are healed doesn't mean you won't be triggered.
0: Okay, absolutely, I understand. Now, the thing is that with betrayal, like any other pain or hurt or disappointment or frustration, we have to put it in the proper perspective. You said something a few minutes ago that's very important. You said that we should see them as the problem and not see ourselves as the problem. We, like you said, we see them as, you know, we're... We're happy that they're, we should be happy that they're gone, that we should see them as, oh, you're the one who's losing because I was a good friend. You know, I was loyal. I, you know, I was uh, supportive. I was understanding. I was all of that. And everything that I was bringing to the table is no longer going to be available to you because of this betrayal. So in other words, that person is going to pay for the choice that they made to betray you. So it's kind of, you know, again, because there's a lot of emotions involved, because there was a lot of expectation involved, because there was a connection, because there is a loss, a loss of trust, you know, a loss of a friendship, a loss of, you know, future hopes and dreams and possibilities that you are hoping to have. You know, it can be overwhelming or consuming emotionally when you initially get betrayed. But overall, at some point, we have to put it into perspective and know that it is that person's, like you said so beautifully, that it is that person's loss. It is that person's problem. It is that person's, you know, uh, consequence they're going to have to deal with for. The act that they chose to commit. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, I think that we really have to allow ourselves to heal. We have to allow ourselves to grieve, but we also must allow ourselves to have closure. We have to allow ourselves to have closure when it comes to betrayal because sometimes we can hold on to it so tight because we feel justified. It's like I have the right to be angry. I have the right to be depressed. I have the right, you know, to be upset, which you do, okay? But you have to keep in mind that, like you said, that person obviously may not care. That person may have moved on from this situation, but you, the victim, you're still going through it. You're still, you're still replaying that same role or that same you know, that same scenario back in your mind over and over. When I say you're playing that same role, meaning that you're still seeing yourself as a victim. You still see yourself being victimized over and over and over again. And this is what brings back those memories, even though it already happened a month ago. It already happened two months ago. But because you keep playing that role over and over in your mind, you keep seeing yourself being victimized over and over and over, that keeps re-triggering you, and it's like you physically having a scab and you keep messing with it. So it doesn't allow that wound to heal. So the same thing happens emotionally to us when we get betrayal. When we get betrayed, you know, we feel like this is happening to us over and over because we keep replaying it in our minds. Mm-hmm.
1: So I understand what you're saying. However, I feel as though I'm not going to completely agree with it because at first everyone love to say, you need to stop doing this. You need to stop being depressed. You have the right to be depressed, but it's not in the best interest at heart. And I want to say this in a way where it's like, I respectfully agree and disagree. I feel like a lot of times we're very, that's what, once again, what I said in the beginning, we're very quick to say, we need to get over this. We need to hurry up. I feel like there's such a rush in the healing that that's what actually caused a lot of people to relapse. You didn't give yourself the time that you need. And a lot of people are, like, even when you were just describing it, it felt like it was rushed. It feels like it's rushed. It feels like I need to immediately do this. I need to immediately heal. I need to immediately make these changes. And in reality, we we immediately do nothing. As human Mm -hmm. beings, as individuals, we almost never immediately do anything. So I felt like with this emotional response with this emotional heartache this is beyond a regular situation like with the physical your body heals because and it heals at the time it heals but you know no one's telling your body oh you need to hurry up and heal Mm -hmm. we're doing things to help our body heal yes but no one's really saying like you have to heal in this amount of time they Mm -hmm. say this is the average but if it goes more we don't get upset at our bodies be like you should have been healed so I think we need to take that approach. If that makes sense emotionally, that let a person tire themselves out. There are certain degrees you do want to avoid because with depression, there comes a lot of other things and there's consequences to everything. But, excuse me, I want to say that as much as we can to allow that person to feel sad, feel sick and tired of being sick and tired, let them burn themselves out like if you ever see a baby cry immediately the first thing to do is pick up the baby make the baby stop crying but if you ever say you let the baby cry the baby keeps crying so they they stop crying they run out of tears they they don't want to cry anymore because they're tired of crying and I think when you give someone that time and that space legit time and legit space not hurried space not hurried time and you Let them feel the sick of tired of being sick and tired. I feel like they are willing. You have to let someone want it. Like, don't save them if they don't want to be saved. Like, literally what J. Cole said, like, you can't want to rescue everybody. Some people have to want it for themselves. Some people can meet you halfway. Some people can can meet you 80-20. Some people can meet you 20-80. Some people need a little bit. Some people need a lot. But it's the wanting it for me. Like it's You need to no longer feel like you want to be in that situation. Even with myself, I notice a lot of people who love me want the best for me. But it can feel overwhelming when you feel like you're not going as fast or as unscheduled as they thought you would be or as they wanted you to be. And I think that that can have a negative effect on your progress. But if you have someone that's literally like take your time and mean it not take your time and then they're low-key rushing you i feel like that is literally the best way to go about something and when you're sick and tired being sick and tired or you just no longer want to be in that place that motivates you and it motivated me to just say you're done Mm -hmm. and that that to me in my own experience has had the least amount of triggers you still get triggered but however the way you handle it at least for me was completely different when I was done of sick and tired being sick and tired. Because I remember, I'm sick and tired of feeling that way. So whenever I was trickered, I was like, yes, it did happen. But look at me now, glowing and growing.
0: Absolutely. So, that's a wonderful way to look at it.
1: That's what... And it's uh, agonizing, aggravated, annoying, completely just not want to be there, unmotivating, sad, sleepy, tired mindset for however long it takes you. But once you're over it, you're over it. And that's the best feeling ever. So however long it takes you, it's like you rather deal with all the pain until you can't deal with the pain no more and then you blossom versus blossoming and then you're going through pain then blossoming and then going through pain because that... Creates And that also goes into sanity. That creates a cycle. I feel like it's very unhealthy. When you're down, you're down. When you're up, you're up. I feel like you shouldn't have to keep bouncing in between emotions because that also messes with your sanity between being happy and then not feeling enough. Mm-hmm. Happy and then are you really satisfied? i rather you feel unsatisfied and then satisfied than satisfied, unsatisfied, satisfied, unsatisfied. unsatisfied. There's no stability in that. Mm-hmm. To me, for me. Everyone's experience is different, and that's the blessing of it all. There's no de- defined way to achieve happiness. Happiness can be achieved many ways. Mm-hmm. So it's all up to you. It's whatever you want. I'm just saying that's my experience.
0: Absolutely. Now, you know, again, everybody is going to have a different experience. The key is, like you just said, it's your desire to deal with it, you know, whether it is to move on in a speedy way or to slow it down and take your sweet time. That option is up to you. Now, unfortunately, some people don't know that they do have an option. You know, they can take their time or they can speed the process, or they can allow the process to unfold on its own, which could be speedy or it could be a slower process. But whenever, you know, you get stuck. Okay. Now, grieving, a loss, which a betrayal is a loss. Now that can take three months. That could take six months. That could take years. Now, when that starts to interfere with your daily functioning, if you go into a state of depression, okay, severe depression that you can't seem to shake off, where you're not eating anymore, you're not sleeping, you're crying excessively, you're getting to be forgetful, you know, you're lightheaded, you feel physically sick. Now, this is something that may be a little bit more serious in the sense where you're not able to deal with it on your own, that you may need to get some therapy, some counseling, or just have someone to talk to. Because if you keep it inside of you, okay, it may be causing you more harm than good. So I just want to put it out there that you know if a person is going through that they just can't seem to shake this off because like you said there is no set time period but if it inter- if it interferes with your daily functioning You can't seem to get up out of bed. You can't go to sleep. You can't eat. You can't take care of yourself. You can't focus. All the things that you were interested in, you're no longer interested in, it may mean that you're entering into a deeper state of depression. And sometimes that takes help from a professional to help you get out of it.
1: Okay. All
0: right. Now, another thing I want to ask is what do you learn from that you know I mean once you heal once you go through that process of recovery once you've been betrayed what do you learn out of that what are the most important things that you get out of that because everything in life is to teach us a very valuable lesson so what do you personally going through what you've gone through and what do you think generally speaking people tend to get out of it when they've been betrayed
1: Well, before I move on, actually, I do want to touch on what we just talked about. I feel like the last thing I should say is that I think that I do agree if it's getting super, if your depression is getting super severe, professional help is needed. However, I do feel like in this society, no one, everyone loves the word healing. Everyone loves the healing progress, but they don't realize that healing gets ugly and you're going to go through those days where you just don't want to get up. You're going to go through those days where you're unmotivated. And I think, if anything, it's very natural for you to go through those days. And I feel like there's no time, there's no limit to what becomes severe. I think you would know yourself or individual, individuals that love you will know when it's severe. But I feel like sometimes you do need to hit rock bottom. Whether that be you're crying for a little bit, you're feeling a little bit unmotivated. There's, It's like a thin line between regular depression and severe depression so it's like I don't know what that is I'm not telling anyone to just go crying for days or just go without help for days that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is you need to know what's best for you and I think the result to answer your new question the result of that betrayal and once you deal with it is knowing what's best for you to know when your limit is because if you don't know what your limit is you're gonna go get help for everything you sleep for you two days you're going to be like this is beyond me but maybe that's what your body needs to recover it's truly it's truly just up to you and it's about knowing yourself i feel like once again it's it's self discovery you need to know what's your limits what helps you what's good for you and once you do know that then you know okay this is beyond me this is too much for even me i need help but if you don't know help You don't know boundaries. I mean, if you don't know yourself, you don't know boundaries. That's for more than just depression. That's also with giving. That's a lot of different things, but yeah.
0: Yeah, now typically speaking, if you're experiencing depression for six months or more, then they say that you need to get some
1: type of help. I agree. I agree. I feel like I don't know the numbers, but I know that once it becomes... I say for myself... Once it becomes two months back to back to back to back, that's much for me because I'm a happily bubbly person and I normally just don't like feeling that way. So, two months is the max I give myself. Okay.
0: Now, again, more importantly, um, is if it's interfering with your daily activity. That's I what I really want people to know because you can go to a, a whole year of depression and you're functional that I you can agree. get up, you can go to work, once again knowing yes. yourself
1: and knowing your boundaries. If you if you know that you have work to do, all of us feel unmotivated, unmotivated. But if you see that like for example, hygiene. I know that a lot of times in depression, we feel unmotivated to shower. So you ask yourself, feeling unmotivated to do homework is normal. Like it's a lot. But then once it's like unmotivated to shower and it's your second week and you haven't showered at least one time, it becomes you need help, but not in a negative way. You just need that extra dose of motivation. And I don't like saying you need help because that's a feud negatively in society. And when a person who's feeling down hears that, it doesn't sound, it doesn't, it doesn't sit right within them. It's like what do you mean by that? Then they feel hopeless. I feel like everything is an emotional response. So I feel like what you should say is I need a little bit of extra motivation to do certain things. I need assistance. Words that don't make you feel like you can't do it for yourself. Words that are positive reinforcing instead of negatively. Okay,
0: definitely, you know, you can use those words that are more empowering. And um, because in our society, especially in our community, in our black community, a lot of people don't like, you know, to go to psychiatrists or or psychologists or therapists. And there is a stigma attached to that, like something is wrong with you, like you have a mental problem. And uh, when it comes to betrayal, it's not that severe to the point where you're going to develop a mental problem in most cases. But you can experience depression, you can experience sadness, you could experience anxiety, you know, stress, you could feel traumatized, you feel betrayed, you feel hurt, you feel alone or lonely. It all depends on if you do have a support system. So uh, talking about support system is very important that at some point in your healing process, or recovery, or in feeling better—if we want to use more empowering words—you have to reach out, you know, to your support system, if you have one in place. The people, you know, who haven't betrayed you. The, you know, the people who do love you, the people who believe in you, the people who encourage you, the people who are there for you, the people who are reaching out to you whenever it is that you feel strong enough, or you have the need, you know, to interact or socialize with them. So as part of that empowering yourself, you know, it's good to allow yourself to interact with those people and to take in that love and that, you know, nurturing and and, and someone just being there for you to help you, you're not alone. It's important to know that you're not alone in this, okay? Now, um, that question you didn't answer you know, that question, the question that I asked is yeah, like, what do you learn out of that?
1: I think I did answer your question. I said that you learn what's best for you, self-discovery, what's best okay, for you, you. Did. how did you heal... Also, your boundaries. I did answer that question.
0: Okay, you absolutely did. Now, just uh, explain a little bit what do you mean by your boundaries. What do you mean by that? Because I may have an idea, but people who are listening may not know what are you talking about when you say as self-discovery, as knowing
1: yourself. What are your boundaries? Your boundaries are what makes you feel uncomfortable, what makes you tick, what are your triggers, how far can you go? What's the extreme? What's the max? What's the price that you are willing to pay? And if it goes past that, is is that it for you? Will you continue? Um that, for example, okay, if if that's this goes all back to the conversation of relationships to begin with. If you're in a relationship with someone, what displeases you and what you consider as a betrayal are within the boundary subject. Now, if you don't like something, that doesn't necessarily mean that's your boundary. But that's entering within, okay, this is starting to become too much. A betrayal will literally be like, okay, this is too far. That would be a boundary. That is something that you don't want someone to cross. But someone displeasing you won't necessarily, it depends on the person, be a boundary. It's how much can you handle? What do you want to handle? So yeah, that's what a boundary is.
0: Okay, now, as far as learning a lesson from this, I think generally speaking one of the things that we have to focus on, again, like I said earlier, is this person trustworthy? Okay. When we enter into relationships with people, we really don't know who they are. We really don't know if we should take them that seriously. So as you just stated, I think it's important to establish those boundaries in a relationship as far as how much trust you're going to place in a person and how much information you're going to disclose to that person about yourself. Okay, Because if that person hasn't yet proven to you that they are trustworthy, that they are going to be loyal to you, that they do have your best interests at heart, we need to stop and think about is like should I really put my trust in this person? Do Should I really expect that they're going to be loyal to me? Should I trust them? So I think that um, that's something that we really need to be considerate of once we decide to open up to someone and to share our personal information or to share our lives, how much trust are we going to put? Are we gonna put somewhat of a trust until they prove themselves to us or we're going to just you know, give them all this trust when they're not really worthy of that trust? So if we don't establish the boundaries of how much, when do we do it, Uh, We may be, like I said earlier, setting ourselves up for betrayal. All right. And the second thing that I want to talk about very briefly, because we're going to get ready to conclude this interview, is that um, the recovery process uh, also is uh, uh, helping us learn how to establish the boundaries, how to trust people. And what is it that we look for in people that makes them trustworthy? Okay? Now, there's no way that we could absolutely know who's going to betray us and who's not. There's no way that we could know 100% who's going to betray us or not. But if a person has a character flaw, or they have a history of lying. (laughs) They have a history of betraying you. They have a history of being dishonest. They have a history of being selfish, self-centered, or a narcissistic kind of person. Pretty much, you cannot expect that person not to betray you. You understand? So if we identify these people from the beginning, we could kind of avoid getting involved with them and sharing with them and being in a relationship or a friendship with them. If we could avoid that, we could avoid the betrayal. You understand? Like I said, unfortunately, we cannot avoid all betrayers. But the ones that we can identify early on, we could definitely stop that. The last thing I wanted to ask is, How do you get stronger from that? Because like they say, what don't break you, what don't kill you, makes you. So how do you, in less than a minute, tell me how does that make you stronger?
1: Well, our time is running out, but to quickly sum it up. What makes you stronger? Wait, what did
0: you me? This say? What makes you stronger when you come out of this?
1: I think... That's also Very unique to the individual. What makes you stronger is whatever you find out about yourself during the recovery process. That
0: is so powerful. Thank you so much, Nia. This has been such a wonderful interview and definitely I will be coming back to you for us to talk about some more interesting subjects. Have a wonderful evening. This
1: is Tika Taylor.